Well, hello, and welcome back to another Sunday special edition of The Josh Lozano Show. I wanted to take a moment to thank every listener who has subscribed to the podcast, as well as liked and followed the Facebook page at The Josh Lozano Show. This show is growing by God's grace because you are partnering with me to make that happen. Well, what do you do when the grandchildren stop by for a visit? Do you have a plan? Would you say you're intentional? Or do you, like many grandparents today, operate with a give them candy, have fun, and send them home mentality? In our society, we know what grandparenting often looks like, but what should it look like and how can the church respond in practical ways to this growing need for discipleship among Christian grandparents? Joining me today to help answer these questions is the author of the book Biblical Grandparenting, Dr. Josh Mulvihill. Welcome to the program, Dr. Mulvihill. Yeah, it's great to be with you, and hello to all the listeners. Dr. Mulvihill is the executive director of Church and Family Ministry at Renew a Nation. He served as a pastor for 20 years, has a PhD in family ministry, serves on the board of Awana, and is the author and editor of nine books, including his latest book, Biblical Worldview. He's married to Jen, and they have five children. Dr. Mulvihill, I'd like to begin our time together discussing your book, Biblical Grandparenting. But before we delve into the substance of your book, can you speak for just a moment about what led you to write on this particular subject? As a pastor, I saw the struggle that many had, the the deep desire, but struggle that many had in discipling their children. And so I went back to seminary, uh, in this case, a PhD, to learn how as a pastor I could best support our families. And as part of that time, I kind of stumbled upon the grandparent piece and spent some time studying it and had my understanding expanded from scripture that more than just parents. And so decided to do quite a bit of work on it in the PhD arena. And um, so that's kind of where it started. And then it kind of just grew from there. Of course, I'm not a grandparent. And so that made it quite unique as far as my ability to speak to the subject. I obviously can't do that from personal experience. But I, I like to say that, that God spoke through a donkey. And so he can speak through anybody. And I don't, you know, I think uh, the Bible has a lot to say about grandparenting. And so um, I just try to be a messenger that delivers what God says through his word. And in some ways, because I'm not a grandparent, that's all I can be fully reliant upon is to rely rely on God's word. And God has surprisingly uh, has blessed that. I really did not anticipate. I, you know, I did the study at uh, at Southern. I spent a good five or six years on it. And I honestly thought, uh, they told me in, in the PhD arena, so biblical grandparenting is my dissertation. And uh, my professors told me, there's only going to be two people that are interested in your dissertation, your wife and your mother. Um, and so I, I honestly <laughs> thought uh, I would finish that and it would go in a drawer and uh, it would be helpful for me as a pastor kind of in my family ministry uh, with our families. And that honestly is kind of what I thought would be the end of it. Somehow Dennis Rainey got a hold of the stuff that I had done. It was literally, you know, at the time it was just a stack of papers. And 
he invited me to come on Family Life Radio and uh, kind of went gangbusters from there. So um, during a break, we had a three-minute break. And uh, during the break, Dennis said, before we come back on air, I need the title of your book, Josh, because I'm going to let people know about it. And I, and I, I kind of chuckled and said, Dennis, I don't have a book. And he said, well, you've got seven weeks to get one published because I'm going to let them know. And you've got two and a half minutes now to tell me the title. <laughs> um, so kind of on the spot, I had to think of a title. That was, I gave him biblical grandparenting. And anybody that's published a book knows that getting a book done in seven weeks is near impossible. Um, I self-published it because that was, you know, you can't go through a publisher with that regard. But uh, I essentially had two weeks to fit to finish writing it, and then it had to go to the publisher. And um, once it got published, uh, I got all kinds of publishers started asking to pick up the title, and I ended up going with Bethany House. It ended up being a seven-book series with a DVD included. Uh, so literally, it's been like the last ten years of my life. Uh, the last two books in that series come out this summer and fall, and then. Uh, it's done. Uh, I'm really glad I did it, but I'll tell you, I don't know if I'd ever want the weight of a massive number of books that most were not written. So I did that in two years. So I'm really glad that that's, <laughs> I can think about other things now. So, um, but I, all that to say it's, it was needed and it's been good. And, um, you know, people have, I think it's God's use it. And um, so I'll say this, biblical grandparenting, I said it's a dissertation. It's a readable dissertation. And so in the two years that it's been available, about 10,000 people have gotten a hold of that book. And so that, again, from, from the two people that I was told would read it, uh, I guess three would have exceeded my expectations of it. So <laughs> God has, uh, has, used it, has used it in amazing ways. It's meaty, but it's not difficult to read. So it's a good starting point for people. One thing that I really enjoyed about your book so far is that you start with an overview and you kind of go from the, uh, I guess, flyover view, and then you begin to kind of go deeper and deeper into the sort of the nitty gritty of this book. Um, and then even beyond that, when you get toward the end, I haven't been able to go through them yet, but I skimmed it as I was preparing for some other things. And you have all of your sources, you have um, all the breakdowns for your percentages, for, for everything. It's just so helpful um, as a reference guide as you're reading through the book. So phenomenal work. As it relates to grandparenting, what has the response been like as folks read your book or attend seminars that you've taught? Have there been many light bulb moments? Have you noticed those kinds of things happening? I think there was a pent up hunger for something in this arena, um, but from two sides. One, as grandchildren, we just adore our grandparents. And so from that side, helping grandparents understand how uh, meaningful they are to their children and their grandchildren when many feel marginalized or that they might not have much to offer. And then on the other side of the coin, the joy of telling grandparents you know, you matter significantly. And um, not only is that because God has designed grandparenting for a purpose, uh, but because of all the other wonderful things that you fulfill in a family's life. And so just 
the joy of being able to tell people that has been received with, uh, I believe, great open arms. And, you know, God's just, God's wired us to want to make a difference, you know, in the later third or half of a person's life uh, in our culture. This is one of the few things that is new in in regards to some an experience that a person would have and brings with it significant significant meaning and purpose and so um, a lot of individuals have commented that it has given them renewed energy renewed purpose renewed vision for their life and and a lot of I call it the dope slap in the sense that <laughs> you know it's it's right there in scripture. And so you literally open up the Bible and start showing some of the passages that talk about grandparenting and you get the, you kind of the dope slap, like, man, how have I missed that? Um, so it's really not a hard sell at all. Um, it's about as hard of a sell to telling um, Christian parents that um, God's given you a purpose with your children and Christian parents, you know, they'd go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> now, obviously the details of how to do that that's where the rubber meets the road. But the kind of the high level, there's more to being a grandparent than fun and games kind of talk. That's not bad, but it's not all there is. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I didn't uh, set out making it my life ambition to um, become a grandparenting author or speaker or expert in any way, but that God's kind of pushed me in that direction. So I've just, uh, just kind of followed that path. One thing that I really thought was fascinating from your book, you write this, three quarters of the Christian grandparents I interviewed do not have a clear understanding of their role and operate closer to cultural norms than biblical imperatives. Grandparents are willing to invest spiritually in the lives of their grandchildren, but they are unsure what is expected of them. So would it be safe to say that many grandparents either don't consider the concept of biblical grandparenting or are perhaps nervous or even afraid to approach it personally? Uh, what I found is that they have just adopted more of the cultural ideas of what a grandparent is to do. So they essentially operate without a spiritual component to it or that's on a low level compared to the rest of what they do. So, for example, grandparents can do a ton with their family, whether it's um, loving their grandkids in some capacity, helping their adult children with just the daily needs of being a parent or supporting in whatever way is needed. So that stuff happens. But if a person's Christian faith is not brought into that, uh, which is what a lot of Christian grandparents have either done on low levels or not at all. So I'll give you an example. I would ask grandparents, you know, what do you understand your role to be? Or is, you know, is the spiritual component important to you? And pretty much every grandparent, Christian grandparent would say, well, yes, of course it is with my grandchildren. And I don't doubt that it is in their heart. But then I would say, could you tell me when you're with your children and your grandchildren, what do you do with them? How do you, you know, how do you spend your time? And that right there is the best indicator of what they believe about their role. It's how they, you know, how they operate. And so as grandparents would describe, um, when we're together, we do these, this, 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 and this kind of thing. If it doesn't contain any of those spiritual elements, it tells me that that component, while it's important to the grandparent, it hasn't translated into grandparenting. And so that's where that comes out. And so then you begin to ask, okay, so 
the mode in which grandparents are operating for many Christian grandparents doesn't look that different than for some non-Christian grandparents. And so that's where uh, many Christian grandparents have just absorbed the, what they're hearing and seeing around them that really needs to be, what I say to grandparents, it needs to be recognized and rejected so that we can align our lives with what the Bible's asking us to do. And so for many grandparents, it's just, it's literally as simple as helping them see that. And, um, and for many, many of them, there's the hunger and the willingness and boom, they, you know, they take right off and um, are very willing to make some adjustments in life. And so, yeah, so I think, you know, that is a biggie. I found you know, 25% honestly may be quite generous in um, parenting studies show it's 10 to 20%. And I've had quite a few individuals say to me, 25% from the parenting side seems really high. Uh, I wanted to be overly generous <laughs> rather than stingy. So if I saw any indicators that I felt like, yes, this kind of leads toward faith informing action as a grandparent, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, kind of give them the, the shadow of the doubt on that side of things. So you often deal with this concept of biblical grandparenting and what it looks like, what the Bible says about it, and then sort of producing from that practical ways for them to function in the Christian life in relation to discipling the younger generations and that they might fear God and keep his commandments and in relation to the gospel. What would you say to Christian grandparents who are currently having a hard time knowing when it's appropriate to hold or to play with their grandchildren again in this new coronavirus era, there's somewhat of a different problem now where those grandparents who desire to do those things, now they're not sure how to go about doing it physically. Yeah, that's just, that, That's where the rubber meets the road kind of <laughs> question. Um, so um, last yesterday was Mother's Day. We drove an hour to go see um, our kid's grandmother, and uh, we surprised her. We had lined up a one o'clock FaceTime call, and uh, instead we, a uh, bunch of us, my siblings and uh, cousins, everybody showed up in person, and uh, so she was shocked, of course. So she came out of the house, and you know we had... Uh, I don't know, 10 feet between all of us. And she was standing there and we sang to her and gave her gifts and um, talked for quite a while, about 15 minutes or so. Um, and then one of the grandchildren said, Grammy, which is what they call her. Grammy, can, can I hug you? And it's kind of the, <laughs> the, you know, it was like, oh, here's the, mo here's the, uh, here's the moment. And, you know, she had previously said, I think we need to social distance. She's got, and a lower immunity due to previous cancer. So she has cause for concern. And so we had told our children, um, let Grammy initiate. And literally the love of a grandchild for a grandmother just couldn't bear not hugging grandmother. And, um, yeah. and I expected Pam to say no, but Pam got tears in her eyes and said, Aww. of course, and <laughs> gave a big hug. And then it was the flood of all the grandchildren. Yeah. Um, so in the moment, um, that was hard to obviously say no, you know, but I would just, I don't want to put any weight or guilt on anybody that decides for health reasons, that's not what they want to sure. do. I would say, you know, do what you, you think is, um, is best for your health and, and the health of others. 
I do think the longer we go, um, the harder it is going to be to keep that spacing. And it does concern me that COVID-19 hits the older demographic higher. And so Mm -hmm. I do think that does need to be taken into consideration. On the other hand, you know, Jesus and the disciples weren't fearful of being with lepers and others who had diseases. And, you know, we want to be prudent and safe, but uh, man, what's the balance between living yeah. life and um, have, you know, being prudent and taking caution? So I'll just say for, for us personally, we've mm-hmm. chosen to hug and embrace and be around. But I respect those who choose something different and understand. And yeah. So now that we've talked about the personal everyday sort of aspect of things, how can we broaden that a little bit? And now ask the question, how can churches partner with Christian grandparents as they try to be more biblical in their life role with discipling younger generations? If you are a church leader or lead a small group or an adult class, one of the best things that can happen for Christian grandparents is to give them a vision for Uh, their role biblically, because as you heard, a high percentage uh, don't have clarity what that is. And so when there's clarity, then, then, uh, then it can be implemented. So I think it starts there. You know, there's a lot of ways from preaching a sermon to offering a seminar or conference to um, just providing some resources to uh, creating uh, an afternoon, an evening, a weekend kind of event where grandparents can serve or connect with um, their grandchildren or their adult children. Uh, we we offer gap groups, which are called grandparents at prayer that many churches do. Uh, we have grand camps, which are anywhere from a day to a week. Uh, camp with your grandkids, either at your home or in a location. So there's lots of different practical things like that, that churches could do to not only support grandparents, but equip them as well as um, provide some opportunities for the grandparents to become engaged in discipling. And uh, my goal as a pastor was always to get grandparents to engage. And so I would do what I needed to, to get uh, the training and the resources in their hands. But essentially I wanted to get out of their way. And for me, Um, success was, are they discipling their grandchildren? And so that happens. A lot of times pastors want to create an event. It's controllable, it's measurable. And I will say the event might be the training component, but the encouragement is really, can we get this to happen outside of the walls of the church? Can grandparents do this on their own? Uh, because that's what's sustainable. We want the motivation to be there and the capacity for the grandparent to do that. So I used to say to our congregation, the goal is every family worshiping together. Um, That applies to parents with their children and grandparents with their grandchildren. And by worshiping, um, you know, along along the lines of family devotions, those faith conversations, the everyday kinds of Um, conversations that Deuteronomy 6 wants us to be having that can happen when a grandparent is baking with their grandchild or fishing with their grandchild or uh, shoveling snow. I live in Minnesota. You know, we're working outside in the garden or we, uh, you know, all of 
101 different activities that you can do when there becomes an intentionality uh, where grandparents, when grandparents are taught to see and seize those opportunities, then it becomes just a, a normal part of, of life. And that's where I want grandparents to get to as a, that's where I wanted them to get to as a pastor. And so I think as churches, church leaders, churches need, just need to remember that uh, grandparenting is part of God's design and the challenge that, and if, you know, that's a lot of the research in the book shows you know, it's been growing, but there's still very few churches that do a lot to support grandparents and help them. And so uh, if you do anything as a church, you've done more than most. Um, you know, I couldn't find a single church. Honestly, uh, this was as of about five years ago that had really been doing much of anything. Um, and I could count the number of books or resources on two hands that existed for all 30 million Christian grandparents in the U.S., um, wow. virtually none. And that's changing. And uh, so, but grandparents are, you know, just if you're a parent, just think, what what would it be like if my church didn't do anything for us as parents to help us raise our kids to know, love, and serve Jesus? Um, and that's the reality for most Christian grandparents today is their churches, their faith leaders um, aren't really speaking towards the subject, and therefore they're kind of trying to have to figure it out on their own, and many talk to each other about it um, or go to other sources, but really that, you know, that's the joy of shepherding as a pastor, and so, so I'd say, you know, if you're a pastor, integrate it into what you do, so if you have small groups, make, you know, make it a small group option. If you do classes, make it a class option or build it into a, a senior adult class of some way. If you preach on the family, um, include grandparenting in some capacity. So there's a lot of ways to do that without having to add a whole nother, um, you know, programmed ministry arm. Um, I don't think most churches would get excited about that, but, but just adding it into what's already there is not that much, um, much more work or much difficult. As vital as biblical grandparenting is in the life of the family, and even in the church, of course, it's a small part of the larger picture of family life. And gospel-shaped family brings biblical perspective to this broader context of family life. And that's one thing I really like about it. But could you maybe tell the audience a little bit about what gospel-shaped family is, as well as the vision behind it? Yeah. So um, what Josh was referring to, Gospel Shaped Family is a concept and a conference. And so it's a conference that uh, helps churches and Christians see the family through the grid of the gospel and through a holistic, integrated view in the sense that uh, many in Christianity see family as parent and child, and it's broader than that. And so we try to bring the, the, the breadth and depth of what we see in scripture to bear on the family, which includes marriage, it includes parenting, it includes grandparenting, it includes education. And so how do all of those factor in to the discipling of children? And then um, the gospel component there are a lot of voices and even many Christian voices that have made the Bible supplemental to um, second and secondary to other sources. So you get a lot of psychology, a lot of pragmatism, 
Um, a lot of other sources that come in as the primary driver for what is to happen. So you'll see this, for example, with needs-based theory, where my needs drive what needs to happen in a marriage. You'll see this with in behavior um, modification, especially as it, it deals with uh, correction and parenting. How do you discipline a, a child? Uh, I could list a gazillion suggestions, but you know, God, God gives us that vision in the gospel. He is known as a father and he, he tells us, you know, essentially when we have prodigal kids, here's what God did for us. We were those prodigals, right? Uh, we ran from him and he sought us out in his great love. I mean, that's at the heart of the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, so how does the gospel shape what we do in our marriage and our parenting and our grandparenting? Uh, we, it, the gospel isn't just, it is, um, at its heart, um, it is salvation, but it is from an application standpoint, it has so much more to it than simply just I say a prayer and now I'm going to heaven. So that informs how we how we parent and how we grandparent. And so that is uh, that's a helpful application piece, I think, to see parenting and grandparenting and all these other means through that and to be thinking through, you know, I'm as a parent, I have five children. Uh, what does it mean to have an intergenerational vision for our family? What does it mean to be um, thinking about the impact that education has on our kids? Uh, what does it mean to have a strong foundation for our marriage in Christ so that all those other things can happen? And so uh, most of the resources that we have available today um, really pick one little compartmentalized area and really dive deep to that. Um, and that's helpful, you know, like biblical grandparenting is an example of that. But, but how do we think about that in the context of the whole? And it's not its own isolated thing. And so that's what gospel-shaped family is. It's, uh, it's like the diamond that has lots of nuances to it. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's been fun. Larry McCall and uh, Marty Machowski and Kevin Harper, there's a whole group of us that speak, each of us on a different subject uh, in that area and try to bring a nice unified whole to it. And are there any in-person or online conferences or resources uh, of which my listeners should be aware? Yeah, you could go to gospelshapefamily.com and on that website, you'll find resources and a whole bunch of stuff. We had a bunch of conferences planned, but like everything else in all of our lives, they've yeah. had to be canceled or postponed. So, so yeah, we had some this summer and fall. Um, if, you know, if anybody is interested in um, potentially bringing one to their city or their church, we try, our goal is really to minister. Um, you know, we have a ministry heart. And so we come in for what most conferences would do on pennies on the dollar, um, really, so that we can make it accessible to families. So um, let us know. There's a contact piece on that page, and we'd be happy to serve a church or community. Uh, once, the, uh, once all these restrictions lift, we can get back to somewhat, some semblance of a normal life, whatever, <laughs> whatever that will look like. I don't know, but yeah. So as we bring our conversation to a close, I'd like to give you an opportunity to share any final thoughts or words of encouragement to the listeners today. The, uh, the whole coronavirus shutdown 
um, as difficult as it has been for many, provides a really good opportunity, I believe, for us with our families, especially parents and children. We have more time with our kids now than we may have had at any season previously. <laughs> Some may be lamenting that, but I think kids spell love, T-I-M-E, and um, I would encourage parents to take advantage of that. And if the time that is occurring right now has not, if there's, you know, if there, there are things that a parent could do to become intentional in reading God's word or praying or um, really just getting to know a child's heart and building that relational foundation and uh, just, you know, using this time very intentionally towards that. And um, that would be my encouragement. And for church leaders, um, I would suggest that the whole children's and youth ministry model, which I was a children's and youth pastor for two decades, family pastor. This is the season, I would say, not to put all the eggs in trying to replicate that basket from a digital standpoint. Um, your, your best return on investment right now is to help parents and grandparents uh, to completely leverage this amazing season that they have with their children and, their, and uh, potentially with their grandchildren. And so I'd say, uh, what could you do to help them disciple their family right now? Uh, and there is a lot. So, um, so those would be my two encouragements. And um, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we came out of this season with families that had grown closer relationally and had seen some leaps and bounds made just in their own spiritual lives as a family because they had made that just seized that opportunity together so um yeah so that's that's my encouragement for you well thank you again dr josh malvahill for joining me on this sunday special podcast and again the name of the book is biblical grandparenting exploring god's design for disciple making and passing faith to future generations you can follow Dr. Malvahill's blog as well as learn about additional resources at www.gospelshapedfamily.com. To keep up with what's trending, be sure to follow The Josh Lozano Show on Facebook, and you'll be able to view live streams, news commentary, future guest info, and so much more. Thanks for listening, and as always, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.